0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: So if you've been with us, you know Jesus began to pronounce a series of woes on the scribes and the Pharisees. Keep in mind, I told you last week, the word woe in the Bible is different than the word we use for woe. We might say, woe, horsey, slow down. Or, woe, man, slow your roll. In the Bible, the word woe, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, is an utter outcry of anger and pain. You might remember in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, as Isaiah wrote, woe is me. The book of Revelation speaks of the coming judgments as woes. Watch out. They're sure to come. They are certain. So Jesus says, when he says woe, he's saying the things that you are about to hear are sure And they are certain. Last week, if you were with us, we covered verses 37 through 44. But just for the sake of context, I'd like to reread them, if you will. And then we'll pick up our study in verse 40. I need to turn in myself. In verse 45 through 54, and then we'll have some comments. Uh, regarding verse 45 through 54. But just for context' sake, context, 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 we'll pick up in verse 37, my sermon title, Religion versus Relationship. I told you last week, part two. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 37. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. And so he went in and he sat down to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed his hands before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, Now the Pharisees make the outside of the cup and the dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness, foolish ones. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, and then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe, the first woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe, mint, and rue and all manner of herbs. One for me, nine for God. One for me, nine for God. And you pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. And woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplace. And woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like the graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. Well, then in verse 45, one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe to you also, lawyers. I was just wondering, is there... Someone here that's a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, would you please stand on your feet? (laughs) Jesus has something to say to you. Maybe I should preface it with, it ain't good. (laughs) Woe to you, lawyers. I actually know a friend of mine, and he's here, and he's a lawyer. I'm just picking on him. And uh, woe to you, lawyers. What verse is that in again? Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure y'all are with me. Okay, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers, and woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple. Yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. And woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering You get that? You hindered. And as he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to congratulate him on great words. Is that what it says? They began to assail him vehemently and to cross-examine him about many things, Lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say that they might accuse. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Here in Luke, you know that Jesus has been out and about doing ministry. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. The religious people began to accuse him of doing miracles by the power of Satan. And you know Jesus responded, that doesn't make sense. You need to think that through. Satan can't be divided against himself. You can't take a strong man's house, Jesus said, unless you are stronger. And because they were asking for a sign, Jesus said, I'll give you a sign, Jonah, which is a picture of the resurrection. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man will be three nights and three days in the heart of the earth. And then Jesus made the point, your problem isn't that you need a sign, your problem is light, and you're not responding to that light that has come to you. In other words, the light of Jesus has come to them, and they are rejecting it. Well then notice in verse 37 in your Bibles, one of the Pharisees said, Jesus, come over for something to eat. And Jesus said, okay, why? Why? Because Jesus liked to eat. Just like many of you. Jesus liked to eat. You search the Bible, you can see that, did you know, Jesus never turned down a meal. You search the scriptures, you see, I think of a time when Jesus was coming into town and there was uh, this short little fella, who climbed up in the sycamore tree. Anybody know his name? You better know that from Sunday school. Zacchaeus. Jesus is coming in, and the crowds are pressing, and people are everywhere, and Zacchaeus is probably about knee high. He climbs up in the sycamore tree, and and Jesus is walking by, and Jesus looks up, and he says, Zac! we doing up there? Come down from there. Let's go to your house for dinner. Now, I like that about Jesus. He will invite himself over. I do. I like that. That's one of the qualities I think uh, I'd like to take from Jesus. Jesus said, let's go to your house. We buy, the Bible tells us we know that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sup with him. That means throw down some grub in the Greek language. I will eat with him. So Jesus walks into this Pharisee's house. He sits down. He starts eating his barbecue chicken fingers. Well, we know it was pork chops let the church say amen. Couldn't have been that, so chicken fingers, whatever. And the Pharisee, he was shocked. He was amazed because Jesus didn't wash his hands. Why? Because if you're taking notes, you write this down. Jesus is more concerned with human need than he is ritual observance. Human need is more important than ritual observance. Mercy is has priority over ritual. Did you hear me? Mercy has priority over ritual. Jesus is always willing to set aside the law to bless people. And Jesus is saying, you guys are so wrapped up and tied up and locked up in your petty rules that you fail to show love, you fail to show mercy, and you fail to show the kindness of God. And they said, Jesus, I can't believe you're eating with unclean hands. And Jesus said, I can't believe you're eating with unclean hearts. Hmm. Well, then Jesus began to pronounce six woes on them, three of them of which we covered last week. Woe number one, if you missed it, he said, woe to the Pharisees because of wrong priorities. You find that in verse 42. As Jesus said, you tithe and you pass over justice and the love of God. You have the wrong priorities. Woe number two to the Pharisees, for you love the box seats in the synagogue. You find that in verse 43. In other words, they put reputation over character. They love the praise of men. And then number three, woe to the scribes and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You find that in verse 44. You are like graves which are not seen, and men who walk over them are not aware of them. Jesus says you have a defiling effect on everyone you come in contact with, and they don't even know it. You know, I think if we were to make this kind of today culturally relevant, Jesus would call the Pharisees toxic people. Some people are just toxic, and they have a defiling effect. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Every time you talk to them and you leave them, you feel like you need to go get a bath. You have a defiling effect on everyone that you come in contact with. If you missed that sermon, perhaps you might visit the bookstore for a CD copy, so we pick up in verse 45. Notice after Jesus pronounced the three woes on them, a lawyer said, teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. In other words, this lawyer says, Jesus, you are really offending us. And then in verse 46, Jesus said, woe to you also, lawyers, you load men with burdens, and you won't even touch those burdens yourself. This lawyer says, Jesus, you're really offending us. And Jesus looks at this lawyer and he says, listen, I haven't even gotten started with you yet. (laughs) Then he picks up verse 46. Are you with me, my people? He said, woe to you also, lawyers. Now you got to understand something. Up to this point, Jesus hasn't been talking to, he's only been talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones who enforced the laws of Moses and tradition. The Pharisees were the ones who judged the people if they broke the law. The scribes, on the other hand, they wrote down the interpretation of the law and they copied the manuscripts. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that the scribes started during the Babylonian captivity. The scribes wanted to preserve the word. Listen, they wanted to preserve the word and direct the hearts of the people back to God, and so they copied the manuscripts. But by the time of Jesus, what started off to be good and pure and holy, desire to turn people's hearts back to God, actually turned into meaningless, empty, trivial ritual worship. So you got the Pharisees, you got the scribes, and then you have the lawyers. Now the lawyers, if, if you're taking notes, they were also known as doctors and they had actually had a threefold purpose number 1 their purpose was to study and interpret the law the lawyers number 2 were to instruct the hebrew youth in the law and then finally to decide questions concerning the law the lawyers had a threefold purpose to study and interpret the law to instruct the youth in the law and to decide questions concerning the law like in a courtroom now, originally, give me your attention, very important. Originally, God gave them the Torah. The Torah, T-O-R-A-H, the Torah is the first five books of Moses. From the Torah, they created a book called the Mishnah, which was the oral traditions explained uh, that explained the Torah, and it was handed down over 335 years. And then from the Mishnah, they wrote the Talmud, which were the writings that explained the Mishnah, which explained the Torah. So get the CD. So they had so many laws and precepts and traditions added to the law, it was impossible to bear it. Notice in verse 46, Jesus said, woe number four, woe to you lawyers because you're heaping burdens on God's people. Jesus said, woe to you lawyers for you're loading men down with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one finger. Now in the Mishnah, listen, in the Mishnah and the Torah, pardon me, the Talmud, they were the books with the rules and the regulations and by the way, these were underscore bold, man-made rules and regulations that were impossible to keep. For example, in the Talmud and the Mishnah, you couldn't get this. You couldn't look into a mirror on the Sabbath day because you might see a gray hair and pull it. And they consider that harvesting. Now, I guess for some folks, maybe that would be harvesting. In the Mishnah and the Talmud, get this. You couldn't wear false teeth on the Sabbath because you would be carrying a burden. On the Sabbath you couldn't carry anything in your right hand or your left hand. Get this, you couldn't carry anything in your right hand or your left hand or across your chest or on your shoulders. You could carry something on the back of your hand. Is this not like nuts? You could could carry something on the back of your hand. You could carry something on your foot. I don't know how you would do that. You could carry something on your elbow, I don't know how you would do that. You could carry something in your ear. I think I'm carrying something in my ear right now. That's why I'm dizzy. You could carry something in your ear. You could carry something in your hair. You could carry something in the hem of your skirt or in your shoe or in your sandal. But on the Sabbath, get this, you were forbidden to tie a knot except a woman could tie a knot in her girdle. I told you underscore bold man-made traditions. You could tie a knot in your girdle. Now, if you needed a bucket of water and you had to raise it up out of the well, you couldn't tie a knot on the rope to that bucket, but a lady could take off her girdle and you could tie the girdle to the, to the bucket. And I didn't write this stuff. I'm just telling you this is what's there. A woman on the Sabbath couldn't wear jewelry She couldn't wear hair weave because that was considered carrying a burden. Now, if that were true today, (laughs) let's just say we'd have a lot shorter hair among the ladies in this room today. You couldn't wear hair weave in those days on the Sabbath. If you wore a wooden leg, get this, and your house caught on fire, you couldn't put it on and run out of the house because that was considered work on the Sabbath. And so we sit here and we listen to this and we laugh at this. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, these burdens that the legalists put on people are too heavy to bear. Now, one thing, listen, that Jesus hated more than anything else. Jesus hated heaping burdens on people. Don't you remember when he said, to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came to free free folk, not to put you in bondage. I'm going to wait while you all clap your hands, because that's true. He came to set the captives free, so he hates it when people put people in bondage, a yoke of bondage. You know, some people are like, well, God, God can't hate anything. God is a God of love. God loves everything. God loves everyone. no. There are plenty of things that God hates. God hates people putting burdens on people. God hates divorce. He loves divorced people. Don't get it wrong. But God hates divorce. There are many things that God hates, and God hates people putting burdens on people for two reasons. Number one, because it it misrepresents God. And number two, because it's a burden on the people. I think of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. As Jesus said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what, saints? Rest, it's on the screen. And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, somebody once said that these are the dearest, sweetest words ever heard by mortal ears. may I love that word, rest. And it seems the older I get, the more I like it. <laughs> Doesn't it seem the older you get, the more naps you take? <laughs> and I remember power naps, man. I remember when I was a few years ago. I mean, I ain't that old, but I mean, a few years ago, You take a nap, you take a power nap. Man, take a power nap. Five minutes, I just need five minutes. I close my eyes, five minutes, I'm ready to go, man! Five minutes, yeah, I feel great, ooh. Just five minutes, I can get in the car, pull off the side of the road. Five minutes, woo, I'm ready to go. Now my power nap is like six hours knocked out for six hours, and then when I wake up, can I get a witness, anybody know what I'm talking about? And then when I wake up, I'm like, man, I'm tired. (laughs) You just, I mean, you like, you know, Jesus said, listen, he isn't saying, come to me and I will get, and you can take a nap. He says, come to me and I will give you what, saints? Rest. Jesus hates it when you when when people put burdens on people because it's his mission to be a burden lifter and a burden bearer and not a burden bringer and that's why we got to be careful not to put burdens on people because I'll tell you something you're you're being you're not being Christ like when you put burdens on people I've had people tell me can you believe this? You know this you know Pastor Ronnie you, you guys are really in the grace, you guys are really in the grace. I mean, you guys are too much in the grace. Somebody told me we were too much in the grace. I'm like, what are you taking? Oh, you guys are just too much in the grace. Is too much in the grace? I'm like, you know, it's amazing to me. There's never too much grace when you are coming to Christ and giving your life to Jesus. But once you give your life to Jesus, now all of a sudden, oh, there's too much grace. Listen, there's never too much grace. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about grace. There's never too much grace. God gives us grace because God is a burden lifter. And he doesn't like it when people put burdens on people and cause people to bear burdens that they themselves won't bear. So this lawyer says, Jesus, you're really hurting our feelings. And the reason he said that is because, listen, they wrote the law that the scribes copied and the Pharisees enforced. Thus they were responsible for complicating the word and taking that which was supposed to bless men and they made it a burden to men. Woe number five, woe to you prophet persecutors in verses 47 through 51, we just read it. The Pharisees built, improved, embellished, embroidered the tombs of the prophets. In other words, Jesus says, because you're building the tombs of the prophet, you're admitting that the prophets were great men because you're honoring them. And at the same time, it was your fathers who killed them. And notice, from the blood of Abel, isn't that interesting that Jesus puts Abel? Remember Cain and Abel? Jesus puts Abel in the category of a prophet. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us the blood of Abel prophesied. And from Abel to Zechariah, Abel was in Genesis, the first book of the Hebrew Old Testament. And Zechariah was in 2 Chronicles, which is the last book in the Hebrew Old Testament on their scroll. So Jesus says every righteous person that was murdered Their blood is going to come upon you. And listen, the reason they were guilty of the whole history of violence against the prophets is because they were about to crucify the one who the prophets prophesied about. Did you get me? The reason that God accused them and told them that they are guilty of every prophet previously that had been killed and blood had been shed, Jesus lays all that blood, are y'all following me? Jesus lays all that blood at the feet of these men and say, you are guilty because they are about to kill the prophet whom the prophets prophesied about, and that would be Jesus. And Jesus says, you're guilty. Woe number five. Woe to the knowledge stealers in verse 52. Notice again, woe to the lawyers. For you have taken away the key of knowledge and you did not enter in yourselves and those who were entering in you hindered. Now listen, there's a threefold problem here these lawyers had. Number one, if you're taking notes, they failed to enter in. They spent plenty of time studying but they missed a point. You see, the whole of Scripture, listen to me, look at me, please. The whole of the Bible, from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover, the whole of the Bible speaks of Christ.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Carey